Hello, and welcome to Progress Your Beer. My name is Garrett Allen, and I am a professional brewer and an avid brewer at home. And I'm here to help you accelerate your progression through the beer making process and quickly get higher quality brews. This is episode number 22, and today's topic is Czech Premium Pale Lager Beer. So when I first started brewing and getting familiar uh, with the industry, there was one beer that I had the opportunity to drink fresh that I don't think many people who live in, in the United States like like I do get. Um, and that beer is Pilsner Urkel. The, uh, it's, it's just the ubiquitous Czech lager style defining beer. And in my mind, it is one of the most perfect beers ever made. It's got depth, complexity, hoppiness, maltiness, and all while having infinite drinkability. And it's brewed unlike most other beers to give it all of those qualities. It, it takes quite a bit of technique and attention to process and detail to make this special style. So I've been working on it for the past few months to make a very good version of the style. I haven't completely recreated the original Pilsner, and I don't think that I should be striving for that, really. But I have finally made a version that uh, I really like, uh, as it has all of the qualities of a delicious Czech Pale Lager. And I'll share what I've learned in this episode, along with some history and... not really history, just some quick tidbits. Um, plus some workarounds that can be used for approximation if you don't have the capabilities or time for certain aspects of the process. But a few quick asks because the show is free and I try to give you the best information I have to make your beer better or brew life easier, they help support me and keep all of this running. I've spent a good year plus working on getting the New England IPA style figured out and tasting like the breweries that have become top dogs in the hazy IPA game. I've found that it's really a few key things that you need to consider in your ingredients and process that really elevate hazy IPA to another level. Instead of the same old sweet orange citrus IPA that happens to be hazy, these keys will help you make IPAs with interesting and differentiating aromas, great drinkability, and full in flavor and texture. To get my video lessons on this, head on over to progressyourbeer.com. I'll have the link to that in the uh, podcast description. Let me know who you are and give me an email address where I can send you your free short video lessons on making delicious New England IPA. And if you like this podcast and have found the information useful or interesting, please give a five-star rating and review on your platform of choice. It helps drive organic growth and discussion, which is real awesome. And please tell a friend. And finally, follow me on Instagram for quick tips and fun photos. That handle is Progress Your Beer. Now back to Czech Premium Pale Lager. So uh, very much like the Kolsch, uh, I did a few episodes back. This is another beer uh, with a deep and overall similar history uh, timeline-wise because um, uh, it it kind of came about because of the invention of the indirect fire kilning. Um, but it it's it's true history uh, would take way too long for this short podcast to go super in depth on. Um, I'll link to some sources 
uh, uh, that I looked at if you want to learn more about it. Um, but again, much like the light styles of European loggers and nails, it all came down to that kilning process. And because of communist control over, I guess it would be Czechoslovakia at that time, um, but I'll refer to um, all of it as as in modern borders and naming nomenclature. So uh, the Czech Republic, uh, for a long time, many of the breweries kept traditional brewing methods alive more than other places. So they still triple decoct all of their beers and use their own malt and hops uh, because that that traditional process um, when the communist era kind of came to be it wasn't conductive for these large breweries that ended up making most of the beer in the country to change those traditional methods they, they just kind of kept doing what they were doing and so just so that tradition of triple decoction and using uh, homegrown uh, hops, uh, Czech hops, Saz hops to be specific, because they were some of the best in the world and, and still are. Um, using all of those and, and using their own malts, it's, it's become, I would say, probably one of the more like regionally isolated beers. <laughs> If you know what I mean, almost like the Czech Republic on its own has has made a. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say that because U.S. beers are very similar to that, with craft maltsters popping up and and that being more prevalent and using a lot of American hops. It's kind of similar, um, in my mind at least. So <laughs> I'm getting a little off track, but um, uh, so that traditional method has has remained prevalent in the Czech Republic um, because of that communist era, you know, kind of keeping them in that. The, there weren't a lot of uh, iteration points for brewers to be to start differentiating their processes. So uh, during that communist era, there were basically two different styles of beer for a long time because of all of that consolidation into um, just a few breweries making most of the beer within the Czech Republic. Those two beers were essentially pale lager and dark lager. So, uh, but they were made incredibly well and, and were very high quality for the most part, uh, but variety suffered as a result. But now um, there are smaller breweries popping up pretty, pretty quickly in the area with more and more focus on ales instead of lagers for more variety. Um, they've, they've, brewers in the Czech Republic uh, have been inspired by the craft beer boom revolution in the United States, and um, brewers in the Czech Republic are embracing that variety and, and making different styles of beer. And so according to Prague's tourist website, there are now over 400 breweries operating in the country, with many opening every month. This is a stark contrast to the low numbers, uh, around 60, I think they said, uh, the country had during its communist era. So that was really a quick and dirty history on, on beer in the Czech Republic, which I guess isn't necessarily a history on this beer style specifically, but I think it is important due to the uh, ubiquity of the style to the entire beer culture of Prague, Pilsen, and the Czech Republic in general.
So ingredient-wise for this beer, I already touched on the saws a little bit, but the way this beer is made is, uh, or the ingredients for this beer couldn't be much simpler. Uh, Pilsner malt, saws hops, water, and lager yeast. However, the quality and origin for each ingredient is extremely important for nailing this style. Pilsner malt. Craft malt is wonderful. Uh, it can be full of flavor with the different varieties of malt having a profound difference in how the malt comes across in the beer. Um, you know, uh, something like, I'm not exactly sure what the mecha what mecha grade what variety they use in, in their stuff, but I have a bag of root shoot malting, uh, which is semi-local to me um, in Loveland, Colorado, and that I have a bag of their Pilsner malt, which is Odyssey, which is a different barley variety than the typical Copeland or Metcalf varieties that you see everywhere else. So they can be super interesting and make amazing beer. However, to get the authentic and traditional flavors of Czech Pilsners, Weyermann Pilsner malts are the best way to go. More specifically, um, Weyermann's Bohemian Pilsner malt and Bohemian Floor Malted Pilsner malt. They're, they're both wonderful. Uh, both do a very good job, but I like the Floor Malted. It, it gives just a little bit more depth and complexity when I don't have the time to do a decoction or something. Uh, it's a pretty good way to go, so uh, I highly recommend doing that. And if you find yourself needing more malt, maltiness, you can do decoction. A triple decoction is traditional if you really want to. I don't have the patience or the time on brew day to do that, so um, you could, again, I recommend using the floor malted. Uh, and then also you can add some melanoidin malt which is kind of just a darker kilned malt and it tries to mimic or uh, make an approximation to the flavors of a decoction um, use that i would say one to two percent i i wouldn't go much more it, it's supposed to add that hint of decoction which the flavor of melanoidin i have found is a little overpowering and and doesn't give the delicacy that a decoction does but it does help uh, approximate those flavors if, if you want that extra bit of maltiness and then if you want it a little sweeter which for me pilsner or kale can kind of get into that sweet maltiness especially over in the united states when it comes over here and gets pasteurized that flavor changes I've had it fresh. It is still slightly sweet, but not quite as much so. But if you are looking for that more more sweet flavor that at least I get in a pasteurized version, add some Caramunic. I, I wouldn't use a Crystal 60 or a Crystal 40. I, I've really grown accustomed to using uh, Weyermann malts, and Caramunic, uh, I think, has a far better flavor than, than some uh crystal labeled malts out there so use a pinch of that i would say no more than five percent uh, just to get that extra deep copper color uh, again if you're not using decoctions which which is how uh, pilsner or kel gets that kind of caramely almost not quite sweet but just incredible depth of flavor in their malt is is through that triple decoction that caramunic is an approximation but it can get you where you want to go
and then hopping, it's all going to be check grown saws. Um, and that check grown is very important. Uh, these are the highest quality saws hops, in my opinion, and even in history's opinion. Whether whether the whether history's opinion has has been impressed on my perception, it could be. But there's just something special about Czech saws's aroma and flavor that I haven't gotten with uh, other saws hops. Uh, I I've used German saws and and they're still wonderful, but that Czech saws just has something a little different. I've used Yakima Valley hops Czech grown saws and that has been wonderful. Then we get to water. I am a stickler for water chemistry and like nailing that. And so for this style, soft water is a must. Otherwise, you're gonna get a bitter, minerally, and overall unbalanced beer. Because you're adding so many hops to this and, and trying to put in as much flavor, getting that soft water is necessary. So you can do this easily by diluting your tap water by 50 to 75% with distilled water or reverse osmosis. Most people will have to do this unless you lucky uh, SOBs have naturally really soft water, uh, which I have found is generally uncommon. Um, at the very least, you want low alkalinity water. So you can add acid to your water to, e even if it is relatively hard, um, adding acid is going to help create that low alkalinity. And this is the most important thing. I actually add a fair amount of ions to my Czech Pilsners. I mean, not extreme. So like we're talking 50 to 80 parts per minute PPM calcium and chloride and around 50 PPM sulfates. But I've seen a lot of people out there saying that you want less than 40 parts per million of calcium and like 10 parts per million each of chloride and sulfate. And... I just don't think that's necessary. The biggest thing that you have to, and again, I mean have to consider, is the alkalinity of your water. Uh, add acid to your mash, whether that's with acidulated malt, which is my preferred method, or lactic acid or phosphoric acid, to hit a pH of 5.2. And then acidify your sparge water to 5.6 or lower, if you're using tap water. Uh, I wouldn't go any lower than five, but between that 5 and 5.6, you're going to be okay. And again, you don't need to worry about acidification with distilled or reverse osmosis water. Um, so if you don't want to do any uh, acidification with lactic acid of your sparge water, use distilled or, or reverse osmosis and you're going to be fine. It, it's all about the alkalinity. And then yeast. I've tried a couple yeast strains for my light lagers. Uh, Saflogger W3470 makes a wonderful beer, but it, it is definitely more of a German lager profile. I've used Imperial's Urkel yeast, but it just did not perform well. And that's, I don't think that's on Imperial. The online place I got it from, uh, there's no, there's very unfortunately no local homebrew store near me, uh, sent me a six month old packet that just did not have the viability even with several stepped up starters. It didn't ferment cleanly, which isn't anything on Imperial again. I would love to try it with a fresher pitch, but I cannot currently recommend it as I don't know how it performs under Imperial's intended conditions. That being said, uh, everything else I've used 
by Imperial does an incredible job, so I don't see why this yeast wouldn't be similar. However, the yeast I've currently had very good success with is uh, Y-Yeast 2001-PC. That is their Pilsner or Kell strain, and it's seasonal. So I know that it is fresh when I order it right when it's released at the beginning of spring. Um, so that's the benefit of having those seasonal releases is that uh, once, once you see it being released and advertised, you know that it's going to come to you relatively fresh. So I highly recommend this yeast with the 2-3 to three liter starter for a 5-gallon batch. It performs very well, and I love the flavor profile uh, that comes from it. It's balanced in hop and malt profile coming through, and that yeast just really gets out of the way to let the other beer ingredients shine, which is what you want in this style of beer. For my recipe, I've kept it simple, but I use a ridiculous amount of hops. It, it seems wrong, but it's the only way I've gotten that intense hoppy flavor and aroma that you want out of this style. So here it is. I don't know exactly how traditional the hop timings are, um, but I have found that layering is key to this style. So malt, 100% Bohemian floor malted Pilsner malt, with the only other malt being acidulated. Like I said, that's my preferred method of pH adjustment in the mash um, to get to my target pH range, which again is 5.2. Do a decoction if you want, but I've found that the trouble isn't really worth it. A lot of people will fight me over this and that's fine. But I've found that this malt is incredibly flavorful on its own and doesn't need the extra work. Uh, it's, it, it's really awesome. So try to hit around that 12 degrees Plato starting gravity. And again, if you're really wanting some extra malt complexity, but you don't want to do the decoctions, adding some melanoidin and caramunic is going to help you bump that up. I personally am not a fan of it, but I know people who are. So um, again, melanoidin around that 1% to 2% range, and then the caramunic no more than 5%, and you're going to get a great lager out of it. And as far as hops go, do a uh, an initial bittering or for first wort hop if you're so inclined. Um, so at the start of your boil, hit 25 IBUs of saws and nothing else. You need to use saws for all of it. I tried cheating to get more beer or a higher brew house efficiency by using a higher alpha acid topaz hop. Uh, I got I got a little greedy and. Uh, I thought that the bittering hop didn't matter, but it made the beer taste not bad, but definitely not traditional. I got almost like a grapefruit aroma and flavor from it, and it was just incredibly unwelcome. So I've reverted back to the saws bittering, and it fits the style so much better. So don't, don't get greedy or cheeky with that. And then I talked about layering, and I think that's extremely important again. So for a 30-minute addition, you want 15 IBUs of saws. Um, the 30-minute flavor addition is important. I don't know why, but it does create that depth of flavor that is important for this style. And then do a flame-out addition if you want. Um, I, I love my hops, so that flame-out addition is good for a bigger aroma. And I personally think that 
the most important additions are the bittering and flavor, but I like the extra punch that about two ounces of sauce does here. And then dry hop. This is optional, definitely. I, I do not think this is traditional, but again, I like to bastardize things to a certain extent. Only 11 grams or less of a dry hop in a five gallon batch. That'll help the aroma again. I personally love this, but it absolutely is not necessary or traditional. Don't do the math on the amount of hops if you don't want to freak out. It's like looking down from a, a great height. Just don't think about it or make the observation. Otherwise, you'll get scared that you're making an IPA. Um, I used seven and a half ounces or 212 grams of Saz hops total in my last check logger and uh them's ipa territory right there so don't freak out it it's going to be like an ipa in terms of hopping amounts and then yeast again i explained the yeast of choice for me uh for this style i do think that you need to use a check lager yeast to make uh most to style but 3470 can work just fine if you don't have anything else uh, it's also much more forgiving with fermentation profiles than the Czech yeasts I've used in the past. Uh, just pitch at least two packets of that lager yeast in a five-gallon batch. I'd use three just to be safe. Um, if you're using the Czech yeast, ferment uh, a little warm. Um, that's been really good for me. So 10 degrees Celsius or 50 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, while 3470 should be a little colder. Um, around 8 degrees Celsius or 46 Fahrenheit. Although again, 3470 can get warmer and be okay if your if your fermentation needs to be a little higher. It should turn out. So let the beer ferment for two to three weeks. Cold crash without introducing oxygen if you can. If you can't, skip the cold crash. Uh, and then package with as little oxygen as you can introduce. Uh, age and condition for another at least three weeks and then boom now you've got a delicious Czech premium pale lager and that's about it if you have questions send me an email garrett at progressyourbeer.com that uh, address will be in the show description as well I'll personally answer as well as I can to help you out and also feedback is a great way for me to touch on subjects that you want to listen to or learn more about. So again, that feedback to, to my email address is always very appreciated. And as always, thank you for listening, and I will see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.